0: Welcome back to the War and Peace podcast thing. I just recorded this whole episode and it didn't record for some reason. So, going to do a real quick book 10, chapter 36. Andre distracts himself with meaningless activities and habits, just like the rest of his men. What would you occupy yourself with in this or a similar situation? Do you think Andre is a goner this time? Um... Fran Zepp says, I feel like Andre is such a key character that we won't lose him, but on the other hand, we're two-thirds through the book, and no one we know has died at war yet. It seems ridiculous to me that they would just stand there counting steps and building mud houses and wait to be slaughtered. It was a bit strange, wasn't it, the way that they just kind of copped those shells for so long? Kara Kikas says, I think we'll get another chapter or two of misery, but I think this is the end for Andre for sure. Twisted Every way says, Tolstoy really rarely does, does anything fast in War and Peace, so I'm guessing you're on the right track. Um, and now I'm going to read you the next chapter. Because I just read it. <laughs> I just read it. It's a good chapter. It is a good chapter, but I just read it. And uh, so I'm skimming through chapter 37. One of the doctors came out of the tent in a bloodstain blood-stained apron, holding a cigar between the thumb and the little finger of one of his small blood-stained hands, so as not to smear it. He raised his head and looked about him, but above the level of w- the wounded men he evidently wanted a little respite. Sorry, just arranging my window so that I can see that it's still recording, because now I'm paranoid. One, two, one, two. It's still going. He wanted a little respite. After turning his head from left, to write for some time he sighed and looked down. All right, immediately, he replied to a dresser who pointed Prince Andrei out to him, and he told them to carry him into the tent. Murmurs am- arose among the wounded who were waiting. It seems that even in the next world only the gentry are to have a chance, remarked one. Prince Andrei was carried in and laid on a table that had only just been cleared and which a dresser was washing down. Prince André could not make out distinctly what was in that tent. The pitiful groans from all sides and the torturing pain in his thigh, stomach and back distracted him. All he saw about him merged into a general impression of naked, bleeding human bodies that seemed to fill the whole of the low tent. As a few weeks previously, on that hot August day, such bodies had filled the dirty pond beside the Smolin's grove. Yes, it was the same flesh, the same Shah Ekonon, the sight of which had even then filled him with horror, as by a pre-sentiment. There were three operating tables in the tent. Two were occupied, and on the third they placed Prince Andrei. For a little while he was left alone and involuntarily witnessed what was taking place on the other two tables. On the nearest one sat a Tata, probably a Cossack, judging by the uniform thrown down beside him. Four soldiers were holding him in a spectacled doctor was cutting into his muscular brown back. Oh, 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 grunted the tartar, and suddenly lifting up his swarthy, snub-nosed face with his high cheekbones and baring his white teeth, he began to wriggle and twitch his body and utter piercing, ringing and prolonged yells. On the other table round which many people were crowding, a tall, well-fed man lay on his back with his head thrown back, his Curly hair, its colour and the shape of his head seemed strangely familiar to Prince Andre. Several dresses were pressing on his chest to hold him down. One large white plump leg twitched rapidly all the time with a feverish tremor. The man was sobbing and choking convulsively. Two doctors, one of whom was pale and trembling, were silently doing something to hit this man's other gory leg. When he had finished with the tartar, whom they covered with an overcoat, the spectacled doctor came up to Prince Andre, wiping his hands. He glanced at Prince Andre's face and quickly turned away. Undress him, what are you waiting for? He cried angrily to the dressers. His very first remotest recollections of childhood came back to Prince Andre's mind when the dresser with sleeves rolled up began hastily to undo the buttons of his clothes and undress him. The doctor bent down over the the wound, felt it, and sighed deeply. Then he made a sign to someone, and the torturing pain in his abdomen caused Prince Andre to lose consciousness. Excuse me. When he came to himself, the splintered portions of his thigh bone had been extracted, the torn flesh cut away and the wound bandaged. Water was being sprinkled on his face. As soon as Prince André opened his eyes, the doctor bent over, kissed him silently on the lips and hurried away. After the suffering he had been enduring, Prince André enjoyed a blissful feeling such as he had not experienced for a long time. All the best and happiest moments of his life, especially his earliest childhood when he used to be undressed and put to bed, and when leaning over him, his nurse sang him to sleep, and he, burying his head in the pillow, felt happy in the mere consciousness of life. Return to this memory, not merely as something past, but as something present. The doctors were busily engaged with the wounded man, the shape of whose head seemed familiar to Prince André. They were lifting him up and trying to quiet him. Show it to me. Oh, 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 oh. His frightened moans could be heard subdued by suffering and broken sobs. Hearing those moans, Prince Andre wanted to weep, whether because he was dying without glory or because he was sorry to part with life or because of those memories of a childhood that could not return or because he was suffering and others were suffering and that man near him was groaning so piteously he felt like weeping, childlike, kindly and almost happy tears. The wounded man was shown, his amputated leg stained with clotted blood, and with the boot still on, oh, 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 he sobbed, like a woman. The doctor, who had been standing beside him, preventing Prince Andrei from seeing his face, moved away. My God, what is this? Why is he here? said Prince Andrei to himself. In the miserable, sobbing, enfeebled man, whose leg had just been amputated, he recognized Anatole Karaghan. Men were supporting him in their arms and offering him a glass of water, but his trembling, swollen lips could not grasp its rim. Anatole was sobbing painfully. Yes, it is he. Yes, that, that man is somehow closely and painfully connected with me, thought Prince Andrei, not yet clearly grasping what he saw before him. What is the connection of that man with my childhood and life? He asked himself without finding an answer, and suddenly a new unexpected memory from that realm of pure and loving childhood presented itself to him. He remembered Natasha as he had seen her for the first time at the ball in 1810 with her slender neck and arms and with her frightened happy face ready for rapture, and love and tenderness for her, stronger and more vivid than ever, awoke in his soul. He now remembered the connection that existed between himself and this man, who was dimly gazing at him through tears that filled his swollen eyes. He remembered everything, and ecstatic pity and love for that man overflowed his happy heart. Prince André could no longer restrain himself and wept tender loving tears for his fellow men, for himself and for his own and their errors. Compassion, love of our brothers, for those who love us, and for those who hate us. Love of our enemies, yes, that love which God preached on earth, and which Princess Mary taught me, and I did not understand. That is what made me sorry to part with life. That is what remained for me, had I lived. But now it is too late, I know it. All right, there we go. Now we have actually finished the chapter. Prince Andre is not looking good, but there he is, face to face with his mortal enemy, who's looking even worse. Have your say. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.